0: are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Benny Johnson with one second Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Pistons podcast. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our locked on rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. As usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka You can find me over at Detroit Bad Boys writing articles about the Pistons. You can find me on YouTube at Koo's Ballroom. And like I tell you guys at the beginning of every episode. I was a credential media member for the 2019-2020 seasons. That kind of makes me a big deal. And we are recording this the night of May 3rd, right after the Pistons' loss to the Orlando Magic. The Pistons lose tonight to the Orlando Magic 119-112. But did they really like lose? Like, Orlando won the battle, sure tonight, but did the Pistons really like win the war? Because like heading into this game, the Pistons and the Magic both were like saying, "Screw it." They both had so many people out. So for the Pistons, the Pistons were already missing Corey Joseph, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumlee, Wayne Ellington. Uh, Hamidou Diallo was questionable coming into the night. He ended up starting. But both teams were just sitting out all their good players, like Terrence Ross missed tonight's game. James Ennis didn't play for them. So just to keep it 100 100- Neither team wanted to win tonight's game. Like, both teams wanted to lose. And it got a little close there at the end. saw Orlando started to pull away there in the third quarter, fourth quarter. And I thought, you know, the Pistons are safe. They're going to go ahead and get this loss, move up in the draft lottery. We're going to be all good. But then the Pistons and Sadiq Bay specifically, who dropped 26 points tonight on 5 of 10 shooting from deep, 10 of 17 from the field, and 9 rebounds, decided to snap for a minute and try to keep the Pistons in it. He obviously doesn't understand what's for the greater good. They need to go ahead and sit him down. Anybody that enters the court for the Pistons that don't understand the ultimate greater good of losing basketball games, the final few games, do not need to be on the floor. Obviously, I'm joking just a tad, just a tad. But, uh yeah, Sadiq Bey tried to make this a really close game towards the end of here, but uh, thank God Mo Bamba started going off towards the end. He ended up with 22 points and 15 rebounds, Mo Bamba, uh, going crazy out there. See, the thing is, uh, I was going to play Mo Bamba in the mic as I said that part right there, but I figured that probably uh, wasn't, wouldn't be very appropriate to play in the mic. I don't even think the clean version part would be appropriate to play in the mic. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, Mo Bamba went crazy tonight for the Lando Magic. Killian Hayes actually did a really good job clamping down Cole Anthony. He ended the game with only 8 points of 3-7 shooting with 3 turnovers. Uh, he had 4 assists, but Killing Hayes did a really good job on him. Uh, Gary Harris only played 10 minutes for them. I guess that's part of the tank as well. Uh, They really tried to lose this game. Both teams, like I said, were really trying to lose this game, but luckily the Pistons got out of there with the loss, which is really crazy, man. It's just like I, I understand this is like a tanking season, and I'm used to it like this season. But it's still wild to like say these things, like on the podcast or on Twitter or like just talking with everybody. Like it's absolutely wild and a different feeling to just be sitting here celebrating a loss and to be sitting here feeling like the Pistons won. Like I feel like the Pistons won tonight. I don't know about you guys, but I, I legit feel like the Pistons won. Like it, it's it's weird. It's it's definitely an adjustment. It's it's crazy. Uh, Hopefully we don't have to deal with that for many more years because I'd much rather be actually celebrating wins instead of celebrating losses. Uh, So yeah, but some standout performance for the Pistons. Sadiq Bey, like I said, had 26 points. Uh, We ended up with the starting lineup of Killian Hayes, Hamadou Diallo, Sadiq, Sekou, and Isaiah Stewart. Ahmedu Diallo ended up with 16 points and 7 rebounds with 5 of 10 shooting. Killian Hayes had 7 points and 7 assists. Isaiah Stewart struggled a little bit tonight against Mo Bamba. This is one of those matchups, kind of like I mentioned a few pockets ago when they went up against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, I was looking forward to that matchup with Jared Allen and wanted to see if Isaiah Stewart could handle Jared Allen and have a good game against him because he's long, tall, and pretty athletic. And Isaiah Stewart dominated that matchup. But that was not the case tonight with Mo Bamba. Mo Bamba seemed to... Caused him a lot more issues than Jared Allen did. We already said what Mobamba dropped 22 and 15. He really took off in the second half, but he, overall throughout the game, uh, I feel like Mo Bamba just really set the tone for them and, and outplayed Stu tonight. Uh, that's fine. It's not a big deal, but it was, it's an interesting thing to keep watching and see how Isaiah Stewart plays against these guys who are much bigger than him, longer, more athletic, see how it goes. Uh, he won the first matchup against Jared Allen. He did not win this matchup against Mo Bamba. Um, also, you guys remember me a few podcasts ago said one of the things that I wanted to see from Isaiah Stewart down the stretch of this season with this increased opportunity was to see him shoot some more threes and show us that he can make those at a better volume. Uh, he was 0 for four tonight. His first two shots hit all backboard. So yeah. Take that for what it's worth. Like Imagine like those Russell Westbrook threes that everyone makes fun of him about and how hard they hit the backboard. That legit is how Isaiah Stewart's first two threes went. Uh, the next two ones weren't as bad, but he went 0-4 tonight. And sadly, another person who joined him in the 0-4 category from deep was Seku. Seiku started off the game with two amazing, really strong drives on Mo Wagner and Wendell Carter Jr. So he started off really well. He also had a uh, a fast break layup with Killian finding him on the on the break and got him to six points, which is what he ended the night with. He ended up with six points, six rebounds, two assists. Uh and I like I'm going to keep mentioning, he was a team high, actually no, a starter high plus 0 plus minus. Tyler Cook actually was a plus 4 team high there. He had 13 points on 6 of 6 shooting, all dunks I believe. Like every single one of his shots I believe were dunks. One of them he posterized Mobamba with his left hand. It was pretty cool, but Back to Seku, uh, yeah, started off pretty well, but then he just missed all of his threes. Uh, he actually shot three of six from inside the three point arc, which is pretty, which is decent. But it's just like the threes; he has to make one of these three. He's a better shooter than this is. He's gotta make one of these. Uh, the outside of that, like I said, Tyler Cook, all dunks, six shots, six of six from the field, had a pretty nice game. Him and Saban Lee were really dominating the pick and roll tonight. Uh, they. <laughs> It was really, like, I couldn't tell if it was, like, good pistons or really bad magic because they kept doing the same thing over and over. Saban would do the pick and roll with Tyler Cook, get into the paint, pump fake, and it just, like, it wasn't a bounce pass. It was kind of like a handoff pass. He just kept handing it off to Tyler Cook right underneath the rim. He just kept dunking. It happened, like, three straight possessions. I was like, yeah, I don't know if I can, like, say this is good Saban and good Tyler Cook or if this is uh, just really bad magic defense. Uh, You guys, let me know what you guys thought it was. But either way, both of them had a pretty decent game. Saban Lee had nine points and seven assists, including a pull-up three. Saban Lee shot four threes tonight, which is shocking as hell. Uh, We only saw him take catch and shoot threes like towards the beginning of the year. But tonight he was he took a dribble pull-up three. I couldn't believe it. It was crazy. Uh, But Frank Jackson, the other one, he had 19 points and seven to 15 shooting continues his extremely hot streak coming off the bench. He played 35 minutes, the most of any Piston player. Uh, I'm not going to lie. We talked about this a few podcasts ago about what Valeni talked about with, oh, we need to sit Frank Jackson, get him out of here because we're trying to lose, and he's he's hurting the losing. And I was like, oh, no, come on, man. That's like We, we all talked about how stupid that was. I'm not going to lie, man. I was feeling it tonight. Like, I was going to say, listen, this is not a game that we want to win tonight. Like, we've been losing all game. Let's not try to do this whole we come back at the end and get a win we don't need. I was, I was okay with sending Frank down the stretch. If that's what had to happen, I would have been cool with it. But he had a really good game, 19.715 from the field. Uh, he continues to be a really good spark plug. We're going to talk about him a little bit more in the, later in the podcast. But one player who probably had his worst night of the Pistons was Josh Jackson. He shot 2 of 10 from the field. Only six points on the game. Uh, I think he came off the bench this game because he wasn't really taking as much advantage being in the starting lineup the last few games. And he struggled really bad off the bench tonight. Uh, Josh is like a really hot and cold player as of late. Uh, either he's really on or he's really off. And he, tonight was one of those really off games. So overall, a nice game to watch. A fun game to watch. I had fun watching him. Uh, I, To be honest, I think all the young guys showed stuff. Uh, each each one of them, for real. Each one of them, I feel like, continue to show flashes of stuff. Uh, Sadiq Bay continues to show how aggressive, like him being aggressive, and how that can lead to him having uh, a more or uh, developing a bigger offensive role. He had another dunk tonight. Had a few shots at the rim, which was nice to see. Isaiah Stewart, even though he was struggling against uh, uh, Bamba. He still was able to find his way to have some kind of an impact on the game, and it's nice to see him go up against these guys because he needs to learn how to play against them, anyways. Uh, Killian Hayes continues to show off his passing. He had a few. He had his best finish of the year, I believe, tonight around Mobamba at the, no around Wendell Carter Jr. at the rim. A nice little kind of like euro step hesitation finish. It was a really probably his best finish of the year, which was really good to see from him. Hemadu Diallo after having that long stretch of just struggling. Had a really good game tonight, so that was good to see from him bounce back. And even with Seku, Seku continues to show that he can get to the rim, and he's actually doing pretty good at or do, getting better at finishing at the rim and all of that, but he just needs to hit some threes. It, it, you take all his three-point attempts away, he shoots 50% from the field, which would have been fine. So he needs either he needs to stop shooting as many or he needs to make one. So it is what it is. But all the young guys, Frank Jackson too, Saban Lee, all of them, showed something tonight in a loss, so it's, that's a win. But stick around after the break. We're going to preview tomorrow's game or today's game when this podcast released against the Charlotte Hornets. We're also going to talk about Frank Jackson and Josh Jackson a little bit later as well. But before we get into that, let me tell you about one of our sponsors today, Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. This app is free to download. Once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team and sport. Locker Room is the best place to engage in conversation and debate about whatever sports subject you're thinking about. Like I tell you guys all the time, I'm always in Duncan Smith's room Monday, Thursday, and Saturday. It's fun. We do a little NBA trivia in there. We talk about the NBA. It's a really fun experience. You guys should really all go download the app. It's available on all iOS devices and I believe I saw that, actually not believe, I've seen some people from Android finally getting it. I believe it's limited right now, but it's coming to Android soon so make sure you Android users are paying attention to that for as well. For everyone else, be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NBA group for the latest league updates. I know you will find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join you all in the app, and I'll be sure to let you guys know once I finally get the Lockdown Pistons room live on there. I've been teasing it for a while now. I think maybe this week you get it going, so I'll make sure to let you guys know there. Download the Lock Room app today. Lock Room, changing the way we talk sports. So tomorrow, well, not tomorrow, tonight since this podcast publishes the date next day. I still struggle with that. I got I got to find the right phrasing for that. Uh, but tonight the Pistons will be going against the Charlotte Hornets in Detroit. They just played Charlotte, I believe on Saturday, which was a really fun game. LaMelo Ball put on a put on a couple of highlights. He struggled a little bit from the field in his first game back, but in in all, he had a couple highlights that were really popped off the screen, including his like underhand bowling pass. And by the way, when I saw that pass, I mentioned it on the last podcast with Hal. But I, when I saw that pass, I thought that pass was going over the backboard. I swear to God, I thought it was. I thought there was no way in living hell this stays in the, in the play, and all of a sudden, like curved down. It was that pass was absurd. It's crazy. But we're gonna get another look at Lamelo. We're gonna get another look at Terry Rozier. Another look. And Miles Bridges, who has been absolutely balling out. And by the way, I had not known, and I was getting roasted for this on Twitter, because I I, I legit did not know. No clue that the Mikael Bridges and Miles Bridges were not brothers. I I swear to God, I thought this entire time since draft day, since they were drafted, I thought they were brothers. I thought they were twin brothers. I could have sworn that, like, Mikael, maybe I'm thinking about a different brother or something. I thought one of them got drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers, and, like, there was this big deal made that he was going to get to play with his brother or get to play underneath his mom or something, and then got traded on draft night. I thought that was Mikael and Miles. I thought that was, like, that was the brother group or, like, that family group that they, that was being talked about on draft night. I could have sworn that's, like, what I was remembering. But some dude, like, hit me up on the last podcast, after the last podcast, and was like, who's these My- uh, Bridges brothers you're talking about? And I'm like, dude, what? What are you talking about? and they all just let me know that like I've been wrong for years upon years and it's I'm I'm not going to lie I'm still mind blown by that cuz I legit have thought this entire time with everything in me that these dudes were brothers. I've been calling them the Bridges brothers for the longest. And no one's told me anything. So they've just let me continue to look stupid, I guess. But yeah, that's that's crazy to me. But either way, I got a little off there. But Miles Bridges has been absolutely balling out as of late. He teed off against the Pistons last game at 27 points. Uh it's going to be fun to see the former Michigan State spartan back in detroit again back in his hometown actually no not his hometown well i mean i guess his hometown but i believe he's from flint actually but either way it'll be fun to watch him come back hopefully i know we root for the pistons but you have to root for the hometown guy that he continues to have this real hot streak and continues to play really well i had no clue that he was shooting 40 percent from deep before a couple podcasts ago too that's that was that's crazy he he's been balling out this year but either way some matchups to look forward to tomorrow. Obviously, the one that everyone's going to be talking about, no matter what, is Killian versus Lamelo. Like I've been saying, all I expect from Killian in these matchups is just to be a little bit more aggressive getting his own shot. I don't care if you miss it. I don't care if he misses like these layups or runners. I just want you to shoot the ball when you get two feet in the paint and actively look for your shot. Like t- yesterday against the, the Orlando Magic, he had this one shot in the paint again where he went up and he had a wide open runner. He easily could have made this, but he got stuck wanting to pass. He wanted to go for a pass first and realized it wasn't there. Then he had to force up this awkward runner and it hit off back rim. He would have made it if he would have like came off the screen ready and willing to hit a shot, but he was too busy looking to pass. That's just something I want to continue. I'm going to keep mentioning it in every matchup. I just want to see him continue to try to be more aggressive for his shot. Um, some more matchups. Now. Actually, screw the matchups. Who, will Jeremy Grant play tomorrow? Will Mason Plumlee play tomorrow or today? Will they play today? Will Corey Joseph play today? Wayne Ellington play today? Like, would these guys play at all for the rest of the season? I had one of you guys message me asking me, should I release Jeremy Grant because of his fancy for his fancy basketball league? because he, Is he even going to play the rest of the year? And I honestly do not know. I don't know when we're going to see Jeremy Grant. He may just not play the rest of the year. I wouldn't blame the Pistons either. Like I said, I'm, I'm completely in now. You guys have maybe watched this whole year of bad basketball and losing. Man, it, you better make sure it was worth it. So I have no problem. Was them not playing again for the rest of the season, but I, I before they started doing this as of late, I did not see that even becoming a possibility. I thought Dwayne Casey would shut that down and would not like even give a chance of that happening. But now, it, it could very well happen. I, I think it legit could very well happen that none of them play the rest of the year. So that's something that you need we need to watch for tomorrow. Will these guys actually suit up tomorrow? So like I'm I'm on the ESPN app, I'm looking at the early injury report. I know this probably isn't like very accurate. I don't know how actually I don't know how accurate this is. Like if they got this from the coaches tonight or last night where I'm recording it. Or if this is just like judging it off bat last game. But right now Charlotte's missing going to be missing as of now for today's game. Gordon Hayward, Devontae Graham and Cody Martin. And it says the Pistons already have listed Wayne Ellington, Jeremy Grant, Corey Joseph, Mason Plumlee, and Julio Okafor are out. Now, I'm, I'm not sure if this is actually accurate, if ESPN is very accurate at all. Uh, we're going to hear about it, obviously, more today after this podcast is published, so make sure you guys continue to follow the beat writers to see if they play. But as of right now on the ESPN app, all of them are listed out again. And it's the second half of a back-to-back, so honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if they sat out again. Like I think their best chance of ever playing again. Uh, not ever playing again. Obviously, they're going to play basketball again at some point. But I think their next chance at like actually playing one of them is Thursday against the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, So the Pistons play the 76ers and the Bulls in the back-to-back on Saturday and Sunday. I can see them sending them out again for the back-to-back. Like, I can say, Okay, this is my prediction. You guys can write this down. This will be my prediction for when Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumlee, or any of them ever play again. They're going to play. My prediction will be they'll play Guiz, the Grizzlies game on Thursday. They'll miss the back-to-back against 76ers and the Chicago Bulls on Saturday Sunday. They'll come back again and play against this Timberwolves on Tuesday. They will not play against the Denver Nuggets on Friday. And then this Heat game is to be decided, uh, the time. I'm assuming this is one of the rescheduled games. I'm going to say they don't play in that game either. So I got them playing how many games? Two games left. They got The Pistons have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games left. I got them playing two of the final seven games. You guys can write that down now. Let me know if I'm ended up being right in like a week from now or two weeks from now. whenever. the the season ends, on the 17th, it ends on the 17th, so let me know, make sure you guys remember, write that down, and if I ended up being right, I'll I'll give you guys my cash, I want $5 from all of you, nah, I'm just kidding, but (laughs) let me know if I end up getting these right, but yeah, so I don't know who's going to play tomorrow, right now it says that they're all out, but I'm sure you guys are going to enjoy tomorrow's game, it's always fun watching LaMelo Ball, and Terry Rozier also went crazy against the Pistons last game, so it's going to be fun to watch them, and Charlotte seems to always have the Pistons numbers like the last five years. So it's going to be interesting to see. But coming up, we're going to talk a little bit about Frank Jackson and and Josh Jackson. Or maybe I should kind of phrase it as Frank Jackson versus Josh Jackson. You guys will see why I'm saying it that way coming up. But let me tell you about some more of our sponsors. First up, Rock Auto. You ever need a part for your car, head to the store, go through a ton of confusing questioning. Just for one of the workers that tell you that you don't have the part that you're looking for, I know I have with the crappy Ford Focus I got in the parking lot. That's why you should avoid these problems and rock with another one of our sponsors, rockauto.com. Find whatever part you're looking for on your computer or in your hand using rockauto.com. Don't worry about having to create an account or make a membership. Just head over to rockauto.com and start shopping. rockauto.com always offers the lowest and most reliable prices. Head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com And let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, BetOnline AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan, and if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there was one problem I ran into. There's just so many different apps to bet through. Which one do I know is best for me? Which one is the best betting app to use? That's when I found BetOnline AG, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL season might be over, but the NBA... NHL, and MOB are still in full swing. If you want to take your adventures beyond sports however, BetOnline has you covered there too. Like I always mentioned to you guys, I had no idea that you could cover or bet on awards, TV shows, reality TV, I didn't even know that was something you could do, but BetOnline covers that. BetOnline has real time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, like I told you guys, we're going to talk a little bit about Frank Jackson versus Josh Jackson. And this is what has prompted this. What prompted this discussion was actually the Kool-Aid segment on Fridays that we do, which, by the way, we're having... Oh, wait, yes, thank you. I just remembered this. Okay, thank God I mentioned that. If you guys are listening to this podcast, make sure you guys tweet me or put in the review box. Give me five stars and put in the review down below what you guys are asking me for tomorrow's mailbag. Tomorrow on Wednesday is supposed to be mailbag every week. And I keep forgetting to let you guys know it in advance so you guys can actually get me questions in. So this is my warning to you guys now. Tweet me or put in the review box down below questions or whatever topic you want me to cover real quick or a question you guys have for me, anything. Let me know all that. Tweet me it. Put it in the review box below. We're going to do that on Wednesday. So. Thank God. I Thank God I mentioned that cause I always forget. I always end up letting you guys know like two hours beforehand, and then I only end up getting like 20 questions, which is decent. I actually got 20. Like, I, I got a lot of questions the first week. This past week, we didn't have as many because I waited a little too long. But the first week, we did really good. Anyways, I got sidetracked. Uh, what let me know about this discussion was actually the Kool-Aid segment. One of you guys asked me. I believe it was this last one or two weeks ago. I don't know which one it was. But one of you guys said, which one do you think Troy Reaver would rather have if he had to pick one, Frank Jackson or Josh Jackson? And my answer at the time was of that question was, well, I, I'm sure he'd like to keep both of them, but I think he'd probably go with Josh Jackson because he's shown more over a longer time period, and Frank Jackson has had only done it in like a short period of time. It could be like a flash and pan kind of thing, whatever. So I think he'd go with Josh. However, I am starting to change my mind. I think that it probably would be Frank Jackson. I, I think the Pistons would have if they were forced to pick one, which I don't think they are. I think they can bring both back. Uh, actually, Josh is already under contract. I think he signed a two-year. Frank Jackson is the one they have to worry about bringing back, which I believe they're going to get Frank back. But if they had to pick between the two, I think he picks Frank. Frank is like playing out of his freaking mind, dude. It's 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 not even like I'm not over exaggerating at all. Like he like I said, he had another 19 point game tonight. He's averaging like 18 points a game over his last like 10 games or something. He's he's playing out of his mind. Let me read you some of his game laws, some of his recent points in these games, okay? Let me just give you some of these recent ones in the past like six, and no, eight games. Let's go ahead and do this. 18 points, 19 points, 20 points, 14 points, 9 points, 18 points, 20 points, 25 points, and then 19 tonight. Okay, before tonight's game, once again, Basketball Reference never updates their their stupid point, uh, game logs before like the night of. But before tonight, he was averaging 16.2 points in his previous nine nine games, shooting 51% from the field, 44% from deep, on six attempts a game. Like he's been bawling out, and this isn't like I've been waiting for it to like wear off. I've been waiting for it to like go away, like insanity. I've been waiting for it, all the hype to die down. It's not dying down. And what he's showing, at least in this last game, and actually a few games, honestly, I've just been reluctant to really completely believe in it. But what he's been showing, and Greg Kelser kind of pointed it out in the game tonight, is that he has such a huge bag of, like, shots and tricks up his sleeve. Like, he has so many different kind of finishes around the rim, runners, euro steps, left-hand, like, hook shots or scoop shots, you want to call them. Right hand scoop shots, reverses, he can jump really high, he can dunk on dudes. Like he can do everything and then combine that with the fact that he can shoot from deep above 40% clip, he can shoot off the dribble, he can shoot midi pull ups, he can shoot pull up threes, he can shoot threes off the screen, he can do like, this dude can do like, uh, anything that involves scoring, I'm not going to lie, anything that involves scoring, Frank Jackson can do. He's proven that. Anything that legit involves putting the ball in the basket, he can do it. No matter what it is, he'll do it. And that's just something that Josh Jackson can, is really struggling with. Josh, I've been a fan of his this year. I, I'm Like I said, I would rather have both of them back. But if you had to make me pick now today, I think I'm probably going Frank now. Josh Jackson, the thing with Josh is that he really struggles to shoot the ball from deep. And he has really bad tunnel vision. And this is the thing. Frank Jackson also has this tunnel vision. Like, he, when he gets the ball in his hands, he's looking to score. Like, you know, that's not. he's not looking to pass. He's looking to score. But the difference is... Frank Jackson has more of a, I would say, a feel to being a scorer. Like, Josh relies on his athleticism a lot. Uh, every now and then, he shows you some iso moves or he show you a move that, like, okay, damn, he got some moves in him. But it, a lot of it is relying on his athleticism and his aggressiveness to get into the basketball. There's nothing wrong with that. It, it, it's limited, but there's nothing wrong with that. But it, the problem is, is that he doesn't know... That it's limited. Like Josh himself does not know that it's limited. I think that's the best way to say it. So when Josh gets this tunnel vision, it's like he's forcing bad shots over and over. Like there's a couple times tonight where he does this like pump fake thing, tries to get a guy in the air. And even when the guy doesn't jump, he still jumps forward and just throws like some random stuff at the backboard. Even though like there was a clear not foul there, he just gets such tunnel vision that all he cares about is him scoring and he doesn't have enough moves in his bag or he doesn't have a big enough bag Or just like really the skill set from shooting wise to really like make sure, make it work all the time. If he's not like focused on simply going to the rim all the time. Frank Jackson, though, he's just so crafty and his bag is just so much deeper that, okay, he does have tunnel vision, kind of like Josh. But his ton of vision re- results in good things happening because he's such a gifted scorer, which he's been showing us as of late. He, like, he's so creative with the way he scores, he's crafty, he knows how to get different shots off from different angles. He knows how to, he's not. And one of the other things about Josh, too, that's the difference between him and Frank, is that Josh is kind of always going 100%. Frank knows when to like slow it down and then speed up, change, my, change of speed, change of pace, and then like get the defender leaning or so you can get like different kind of shots up. Like I said, with Josh, it's usually just one shot. Either he's, he knows what he wants, he wants to get to the rim, or he's doing a pump fake and he's just fly, either he jumps or he's flying through you anyways and trying to shoot the ball. I'm not trying to come off as like a Josh Jackson hater because I like Josh a lot. I want him back on the team. I was going to do a pod about his recent strike. Over like the past month or so, he had been playing really well. But Frank, I think, has shown that he's just more gifted offensively. And it's not its not like a little bit more gifted either. Like Frank's showing that he's like a legit scorer. And I was asking this question on Twitter that like when are we going to start saying that no, not this. Oh, Frank Jackson's a good bench piece to have like as your eighth guy, whatever. Uh, I think he's making, at this point, Frank Jackson is making the conversation be had that he should be considered legit part of the young core. Like, he's only 22 years old. That's another thing. But he's, he was born after me. I was born in 97. He was born in 98. He's still really young. So there's no reason to, like, only chuck him up to being, what, like an eighth eighth uh, bench player? Like, he's not only is he playing better than that right now, ext- like, he's playing out of his mind. Uh, he's extremely young, so he can get even better. Like, there's no reason for me to not believe that he can get even better. Like last year or in the offseason or even beginning of this year, did any would anyone say they saw this coming from him? But yet he's doing it. So what makes you think that he can't get it even better from this? Like there's no reason for me to believe he can't. So I think he needs to start being considered a part of the young core, not just a bench player. And I think that honestly, like once again, I wanna make sure I say this. I really do like Josh. I want him to come back as well. i like I like Josh to be a part of this team moving forward. But if he had to pick one, I think you'd I think you pick Frank. He's younger than Josh as well, and he's just more gifted offensively than Josh. Josh is better defensively. Josh can go two ways with it, and if Josh can ever just get, like, consistency down on offensive on the offensive side, and, like, the tunnel vision is his real his real negative. If he could really correct that and just, like, buy into the bench scoring role. Like, Frank Jackson, like, they both can be pure – they can both just be, like, off-the-bench scorers that just come in to score, but he can't have the, such the tunnel vision that he got. If he can correct that and then keep his defensive intensity, he'll be a really good player too. He can, he can, they can both be really good players. But right now, I think that I'm leaning Frank right now. I, I, I was not leaning this way a few weeks ago, but as of right now, I think I'm leaning Frank. And, and like I, I mentioned this a couple packets ago, he's one of my, it's, he's one of the most fun players to watch on the Pistons right now. He's just, and with his afro, he, I'm not gonna lie, it's cool to see it. It's cool to see the afro in the Pistons jersey. I'm not gonna lie, don't say anything about the name. I, you guys know what name I'm talking about. Do not mention it to me, but I will admit seeing another guy with an afro on the Pistons is pretty dope. It's, it's pretty cool. It's cool to see. But, yeah, Frank Jackson versus Josh Jackson. I think Frank right now has the lead over him, and I think I would prefer Frank moving forward. Though I want both. So that's the end of this podcast. That's all i got for you guys today. It's crazy how, like, what well, I can come up with, like, what flies into your head to talk about. Because right before this podcast started, I'm like, man. What am I going to talk about? I can talk about the review of the game, but like, what is there really else to talk about? And right before I click record, I'm like, oh, I can talk about this. I can talk about this. I can talk about this. And then I just start, I just keep going. Like, I did not think this podcast would go for 30 minutes. I thought it would be like 28, 27, 27 minutes like that. But whatever. I, it, that just let you know that if you get me talking about the Pistons, I can talk for a long time. But either way, thank you guys for listening. If you haven't already, make sure you guys give me five stars down below and give me a cool review. And make sure, honestly, in the review, just put one, a question or something you won't want me to talk about on Wednesday's mailbag. uh, I'm letting you guys know in advance. There's no excuse why I shouldn't get as many as I did the first time. So make sure you guys do that. Share the podcast around. Make sure you to retweet my tweet out of the podcast and get it seen by more people. And I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody. Enjoy the game tonight against the Charlotte Hornets.